Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Take two. Take two. <laughs> Welcome to the Calvary Cast. Hello. Hello. I'm Graham. You are? Jess. We don't always introduce ourselves, but... No, because the uh, people that listen, I'm sure most of them know who we are. Right. But it's probably a good habit. Good habit, I guess, for any newcomers to the podcast. Yep. Big news, though, in a podcast world for us, though. We had our first meme made of us. Oh, that's right. Shout out to my friend Isaac, who made a pretty cool meme. So are, are memes like evidence that you've made it in it, your podcast? Probably. You've arrived. You've arrived. If you actually get a... Uh, a meme, a meme, a meme about you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. So we encourage more memes. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, well, I don't have any other banter to talk so, about. So, but you, we were saying on take one. Oh, yeah. Take one. Yeah. Because we were recording Fif- earlier and we and failed. it didn't work. But 50, 55, 55 episodes. 55 episodes. Now, so. Which, uh, we are back. We're in CBC Studio B today, which is kind of where this all started. Right. And do you remember our we first... We did. The, the, the first one was here in this... First couple, yeah. yeah and we would and sit and giggle at each other. Yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't, we couldn't record. We would just sit there and giggle because we're like, this is so funny. Yeah, it felt weird. It felt really weird. But now... It's we, still unnatural to me on podcasting. It just feels unnatural. Yeah. But but it feels more natural than the first time. Where oh, we're not absolutely, just giggling yeah. to each other. Yeah, so absolutely. We've come a long ways. Could you imagine? Because like we can stop this at any time, mm-hmm. and then you edit out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know that I would do very well, like on a live, mm, a live radio thing, radio or podcast thing, or even like sometimes you see the ones that are on video. Yeah, and they're live. But of course, we're doing that with the service. But to me, it just feels different than it would right. Right. This. I think like live radio, because I've thought about that. I feel like you could say a lot more stuff. Right. Like in the sense of like, you you don't really, it's the radio. People, you know, are turning it off and on. And right. They're they're really not listening to you. They're re- <laughs> Here, we have, yeah. Morning DJs, let's be honest. Like, I oh, don't, a lot terrible. of people don't listen to radio anymore, anymore. No. Mainly people now have their podcast podcasters well i'm i mean like even in music wise oh right yeah so you're you listen to spotify mm. you're, you're bluetoothing in mm-hmm. your car or whatever and uh, xm radio right. the, the satellite which xm radio so this morning i was at a coffee shop and there was xm radio and they had djs and i was like who these people are annoying and need to stop interrupting right. the music that is nuts that's probably what people think about us at the beginning of the podcast too i think so these people are the annoying. ones I listen to that banter too much. It's like, dude, just get to the topic. You know, yeah. I'm driving to work. I only got a certain amount of time, and you're babbling about. That's this true. Stuff. But real quick, real quick, where were you getting coffee? I was down at. Uh, well, I wasn't actually getting coffee. I was at uh, uh, the bagel shop downtown, Main Street Bagels. By yourself or meeting somebody? By myself. I was getting the uh, the car serviced, and so I walked over there to get a. Uh, they have amazing cinnamon rolls. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had them. They're they are amazing. They are. Sometimes you have to wait in a line back to the door and then some. Not if you show up at night. seven o'clock in the morning. Well, that's true. Okay, good. There is yeah, nobody else down there. We've gone down there and like, like on a nice morning, maybe even Saturday at yeah. nine. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you can't it. do it. It's out the door. Yeah, but it's still good. It is still good. They but w- I don't like the coffee. 
Yeah, so I took my own coffee because I'm kind of snob like that. Of course, like that, yeah. But they, that kind of coffee is like the, I don't know where, what kind of coffee they have, like the Psh, origin of that coffee, uh, you know? It's not good. There's certain coffees that have like a sweetness in them. Yeah. They, and I don't like that. Mm. I like a I like a coffee coffee and then I put a sweetener in it. Coffee. I like just the, yeah. So no. you actually like really, really bad coffee that you can add creamer to. And this has a natural sweetness inherent to it, yeah. and you just can't handle that. Now, we bought, when we were in Arkansas, I bought a a bag of Black Rifle coffee. Oh, no, that's not good coffee. I really like really? it. Really? Yeah. And yeah. I think they carry it at Cabela's. I was going to go get, it's just I, hard for me to go to Cabela's and right. get coffee. But yeah. Well, uh, anyway, I'll go home and roast my own coffee later. Although, like, and I know we are five <laughs> minutes into the nonsense. Yeah. But, oh, if somebody from Main Street Bagels is listening to us, right. we like your bagels. Yeah. And would you send us cinnamon rolls? You could be the, the title sponsor right. for the Calvary yeah, cast. Yeah, that would be great. For and like I tens of listeners. And the coffee's just a preferencing me. There are people that love their coffee. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. So he's not bashing it. Just in it's case you're just from preference yes. to me, I don't like that kind of coffee. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, we'll oh, stop and there. one more thing I'll say <laughs> is that I have grown a little bit of my coffee preference to where I I really ninety nine point nine percent of the time don't want to use a pod. From wow. our Keurig. This is what. So, how yeah. are you making your coffee? I just brew it. I just brew in it in a pot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I need to get a new Keurig for my office for my afternoon cup when I have it or something, whatever. Well, but, but like, I want to get a coffee station in my office with it. I want to pour over in a grinder and kettle and all that stuff. And then I'll just make you coffee from time to time. That would be nice. Like in, in mid afternoon. Mid afternoon. Because that, that's when I always need it. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's or right now. At yeah. ten twenty six, and everybody now. All right, we better get in. We better get in. We're six minutes. People are gonna. Actually, it's yeah. not a small topic that we have today. No, it is not. So, what are we talking about today, other than coffee and cinnamon rolls? We are going to talk about the Lord's Supper. Oh, specifically from First Corinthians chapter eleven and verses seventeen through uh, thirty-two, and this is a really interesting um, conversation Paul has with the Corinthian believers about. The way they were treating the Lord's Supper, the results of that, and then what they needed to do. And uh, so this isn't just a, a we're not going to just talk about the Lord's Supper generally. We're mm-hmm. going to hone in on this. And mm-hmm. that came from some questions some people had from me about the Lord's Supper. And partly because of how we do the Lord's Supper at our church. That's right. Where people come forward and receive the elements. And uh, yep. maybe people are different, used to different traditions where... Uh, you know, there's always that moment of silence before right. partaking of the Lord's Supper and different right. things like that. Our church has definitely transitioned from a more formal, uh, occasional, well, once a month we would do it, um, but more formal distribution of the Lord's Supper to one that we've incorporated every week. Yeah. And why did we do that? It's what, let's, we should answer that. So we went to an every week. Mm-hmm. I have an answer to that. But I thought I'd ask you, and then we both talk about it. But like, uh, there's there might be more than one answer to that yeah. question. Why do you do it every week? Well, I guess my question is more like, why not? Because most of the time that we say, you know, we don't we don't participate in the Lord's Supper on a weekly basis as well, because we don't want it to become rote or ritualistic. And my answer is, well, we do preaching and singing and all these other things, and we don't say those are rote or so. So why not the Lord's Supper? Plus, it always in my mind, it it focuses us again on the gospel as we do at ours at the close of the service 
Um, and so you're singing the gospel, you're hearing the gospel preached, and then you have this, in a sense, a visual picture of the gospel. Right. So that's, I guess that's one of my, my thought, main reasons. I think those are the main reasons. Um, I, I had a sense in our services that it was just missing yeah. from the commands that were given for corporate worship, mm-hmm. and it felt to me like it belongs there. We, we choose to do ours right before the benediction. So last mm-hmm. podcast, we talked about the benediction, mm-hmm. that final blessing upon God's people, the reminder of his blessing mm-hmm. they have in Christ, um, and that the commissioning that goes from that. And the Lord's Supper is a good way to end because um, it, it is a proclamation of the death of Christ, of the gospel, a reminder of the forgiveness, everything that flows mm-hmm. from it. Even the a reminder of the return of Christ, because yeah. you know he says he said to his disciples when he instituted, "I'm not going to do this again until I do it with you and new mm-hmm. in my Father's kingdom." We're thinking through his return with it. I mean, there's so many implications and applications that mm-hmm. we can derive from it, and so it belongs in a worship service. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that you ha- a church has to do it every week, right? If you don't, you're in sin. And it and it is interesting. Like I looked th- into this a little bit. Um, not recently, but it's been a while, about the Lord's Supper in the time of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And um, well, Calvin did it like once a quarter. Right. They di- They differed on this. Yes. So some of the Reformers said this should be done once a quarter right. or something like that. Others said every single week. Mm-hmm. And so there has been differences in this. And I'm not saying one way is right or right. wrong. Um, I'm just saying that for us, I think this is, it fits in our service and for all the mm-hmm. reasons you gave and I think our people enjoy it. Yeah, I think so too. In the and, and how we do this, and I don't think our services are. And, and I'm not. Ta- we're not taking credit for this or anything. I'm not trying to be proud here or anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't think our services are in danger right now of becoming ritualistic no, or whatever. I don't think so. We try uh, to make it not that way, so that every element of the service has meaning, and yeah. we're reminding of the meaning all that kind of stuff. And so much of that, again, is the heart behind those who are planning and directing it and those who are participating in it. You know, that's uh, oftentimes the roteness or deadness is from deadness of heart. <laughs> right, you know, right. Uh, even if there's truth proclaimed in, in a higher church liturgy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So probably what's going to happen with this podcast, I'm seeing it already, this is going to be two parts. Okay, because I want to read this passage and then talk about that and where we're already at. And if we try to keep Mm -hmm. these, so this could be a two part on that. So the discussion in the beginning part that we're doing right now is helpful. Yes. Where we're talking about why we're doing this every week. Should we talk about one other thing in regards to this? Why we have people come forward and receive the elements? Yeah, I think we should talk about that. Because that's also something you and it's not really unique anymore. It's becoming more and more prevalent in uh, conservative evangelical churches like ours uh, my experience prior to our last church was only ever being in a, like a catholic mass and seeing everybody do that and so i think that so many uh, evangelical churches steered away from that just because of the imagery involved there right um can you think of reasons why we go forward you want me to shout one out um i can put forward one okay. and then maybe you, you think of some i would say the one of the things i enjoy in it is the the visual demonstration of people coming to Christ, yes. yep. right, and approaching Christ yep. in this, and they're walking forward. And I love that we're yep. singing yep. while it's happening, some cross-centered song, mm-hmm. and p- 
people are coming to Christ. And mm-hmm. there's, I sit in the front seat, and one thing that is so joyful for me is, and and I mean this more than when I was, when we did it the other way, where I mm-hmm. was up there, and then we had men go distribute it. Mm-hmm. Though there were visual demonstrations of my mind of that that mm-hmm. were were helpful, but this I just w- love watching people, um, in whom the gospel has worked. People who believe in Jesus mm-hmm. like I do, people mm-hmm. I know care about, and they're walking forward to partake of communion mm-hmm. with me. Yep. I just love that. It's picture. that participatory element. That's what I think too. I like, so when I'm up front, like leading in a song, I love to see this mass of humanity, if mm-hmm. I can use that word, like working together and coming forward. And, yep. and it's a beautiful picture. It, and, and so much of our services, again, we design them to be participatory, where you're not just a passive spectator, you're actively involved. Yes. That's why we do scripture reading and uh, responsive scripture reading and yep. singing and yep. participating in the Lord's Supper. The other thing, too, and this is slightly pragmatic in a sense, it's it's really efficient to have people come forward mm-hmm. and to just mm-hmm. do it that way uh, in, in our setup and things like that. So Yeah, I think there, and, and again, these are... Uh, if we did it in a service style way again, which maybe one day we will for yep. a reason mm-hmm. or or that, there's nothing right or wrong in either yep. of those. And there have been variations yes. uh, among the people of God in, in how to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's by necessity, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um, in, in some churches, uh, in certain parts of the world at certain times, they would share the cup. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, if you tried to do that now, in yeah. a, yeah, <laughs> in there was one cup. It's not like they had a bunch of little cups, <laughs> right. you know, and, and I always think of the scene where um, uh, in this picture of a, a little Russian assembly in Siberia during the time of persecution. So they mm-hmm. had no building, no place to meet. They had to meet out in the woods. And this was a, a real picture mm-hmm. that was taken of this little congregation out there. There's snow on the ground and on the trees, and mm-hmm. they're all standing out there bundled up, mm-hmm. and the pastor's before them, and, and there's a little table with one loaf of bread and one cup. Yeah. Well, of course, they're all going to share that cup. Yep. And that's by necessity. It's not like they could order these you know little communion cups and everybody go out there or whatever. So... But uh, I think that's part of the the beauty of the way God has given the command to do these right. things. But yeah, He's left some elements of freedom and yeah. how to do it because of pragmatic reasons. Right. Where are you in time and yep. and culture and that? Well, so. like I mean, we had to, for a time we were using those silly little disposable cups right, with right. the wafer on top. That was partly pragmatic because right. of COVID and things like that. One other thing, since this is probably going to be a two-parter anyways, mm-hmm. what do you think about intinction, where people are dunking the bread in the juice? I know some people have theological. We don't do that. No. Uh, it seems to be. It's it's gross. It's gross. Okay, that's how I was going to say. I don't want to disrespect it. But I, mean, I, I, I thought it was gross. It's kind of, yeah. And just to be honest, like, I, I've i never been in a tradition that's done that. Mm-hmm. I've heard of even churches in town, at least one, I'll just say one that is doing that even now. And I, I don't understand it myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something I need to look into more, but, um, but yeah, that's where I think some churches I know do it. Like again, pragmatically, if they're trying to get a thousand people through, you know, a line in five minutes, Mm -hmm. that's one way to do that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I have heard people argue kind of it. It seems to confuse in the picture of the body and blood of Christ. Mm hmm. So, hmm. I don't know. I always think of Judas with that, though. Mm. Like, 
that's how he was identified as the one that was going to betray mm. Jesus mm. is he placed his the one who dips oh. the bread in my cup. So that's why I've always Whoa. thought, but in, 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 again, though, I've never had it in, I've never had it taught to me by someone yeah. who does it right of why they do it. Yeah. So that's why I'm just cautious on saying what I say. I've n- and I've never been in that tradition. So yeah. it's, it's spar- that sparked I don't me think something it's to look at. I necessarily sin either, but I no. was just curious. It's like we're all a bunch of Judases walking <laughs> up there dipping our cup. I mean, there's, and maybe there's, there's some, some truth, truth in that. that. Yeah, yeah right. You know, I don't know. So, um, well, let me read the passage. It's a lengthy passage, but we'll take the time to read it. First um, Corinthians 11, beginning of verse 17, and I'll read through verse 32. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I will give directions when I come. So uh, when we read that, and I'll ask you this, Graham. Is a Christian just sits, sits down in their daily devotions, let's say they read this passage about the Lord's Supper. What? What question might they have about the text in relationship to them taking the Lord's Supper that following Sunday? What do you think is one of the main things that jumps off the page at them? Well, I think it's probably that uh, the thing in verse 28. Let a person examine himself and the danger of uh, taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Right. I mean, in verse verse 27 27. is scary, right? right? Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Then he talks about the fact that 
uh, verse 29, anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body right. eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died, and people say, wow, I don't want to die. Yeah, right, exactly. So I, I want to make sure I'm not guilty of this right. This particular What does passage. he mean when he says that they'll be uh, guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord? Well, when so that's what we'll work into okay. for a second here. Um and there is a, a, a there are a couple of interpretations of that okay. that that they could mean body of the Lord meaning the actual bread itself could mm-hmm. that be what he's talking about in the context or is he talking about the church itself because mm-hmm. the church is referred sure, to as body yeah. and Paul's about to say in chapter twelve about the the church bread sure. body so maybe they're not discerning the church mm-hmm. or what it is yeah maybe they're not discerning the bread but the main thing we need to understand as we approach this particular passage is the context in which sure. it's in because yes. that's really important. So he's writing to the church in Corinth, which if you've gotten to chapter 11, Mm -hmm. you really already realize that this church is really messed up. They got some issues. They have big issues. He begins with the big issues of division in the church and uh, pride in what they're doing. and um, and Pride in their sin. Pride in their sin. (laughs) And... uh, uh, sexual immorality and all these different things that are just uh, just part of the everyday culture of this mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. and that is a problem mm-hmm. right obviously and so Paul's addressing all these in addition he, he he it appears he's received some kind of correspondence from church with direct questions what right. about this what about this what right. about this and so he's trying to address all of this in a letter um, and that's why in the end he says when I get there I'm going to give you more instructions yeah. but Let's try to get a hold on things generally now. Mm-hmm. So he comes to the Lord's Supper, and the context of that time, from what I understand, they were taking the Lord's Supper in the context of a what they called the love feasts mm-hmm. or the agape feasts. Um, so they would have almost what you would consider a potluck mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, and everybody get together, and they'd eat together a meal. And in the context of that, then somebody would maybe lead them in the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. or don't know exactly how that looked, right. but they would partake of the Lord's Supper in the context of a, of that a meal, meal. Yeah. that f- shared meal together. And like everything else, the Corinthians church was messing this up as well. <laughs> and so he named some of the things they were doing. So uh, there were divisions. He brings up these factions mm-hmm. in the church again, and those were being expressed. Um, he brings it up in the first Verse couple of verses, you know. 19. Yeah. And these factions uh, were at least in part between rich and poor. Yeah. So what was happening apparently is that rich people were coming to this in their faction. They were starting to eat. They had brought all their food. They had food, mm-hmm. and they're feasting, and they're uh, getting drunk. And then the poor people would come late to the party, so to speak, yep. and didn't have anything. So they're sitting there humiliated, Yeah. right? And um, and so it was a, just a disaster. I mean, imagine coming to a potluck and getting drunk. <laughs> I mean, if you saw just even one person getting drunk at a potluck, um, oh, you would be like, this is really this is not unusual to be going. <laughs> well, somebody needs to address somebody this. Somebody needs to address it. Uh, because, like, this is an element to help take care of poorer people in right. this context, right? I mean, yes. uh, the rich can, can serve their poorer brothers by sharing their food with them, and that's being neglected. That's right. And so um, the whole manner in which the church as a whole 
was treating the Lord's Supper was an unworthy manner. Yeah. Okay. They were failing to discern what they were actually mm-hmm. doing here mm-hmm. because communion is a sacred event. It is, it is, it was instituted not by any human being, but Jesus himself. So it wasn't Paul's idea, the apostles. They didn't get together one day and say, hey, you know what would be a good idea to commemorate his death? This was the uh, a new covenant institution, yeah. and the bread pictures the body of Christ in which he bore our sins, and the blood from which we receive forgiveness. It's the, the blood of the new covenant of yeah. which they were partakers. So they there was just a failure to discern what was happening in this? There was a failure to discern the body of Christ as their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now they're divided. This mm-hmm. body's divided. They're despising and humiliating people, and they're um, they're treating this as the time. Like they are hungry, they come in. Let's just stuff ourselves. We're we're partying. We're right. we're even over drinking, probably overeating, and then some people are being left. So. I think that the the average believer coming into the, the church, knowing that their church is observing communion that Sunday, for our church it's every week, you're, I know our church isn't in danger of doing those right. things, right? So we're discerning what it is. We're right. talking about it right now. Right. We are t- telling people what the body and uh, what the the bread and the cup represent. We understand this is a proclamation mm-hmm. of his death. So we take it as a, as a serious issue. It's a sacred thing. Mm-hmm. It's part of our whole worship um, of God. So to alleviate some pressure off of believers that are like, okay, I got to make sure I'm doing this in a mm-hmm. worthy manner. Now I'm not going to, I'm not saying that we're not to examine ourselves because right. he says that, but I'll, and I'll talk about that in a minute, right. but we have to remember the whole church. This is why the discipline was so severe. Mm-hmm. And when you see that in scripture, the Lord disciplines his people. He's not going to be mocked. What people sow, they're going to reap. And and they are known by the name of the Lord. And so if unbelievers were seeing this display of division and sin and despising and humiliation, all those things that were part of it, it doesn't surprise me that the Lord made people sick. Yeah. And even, just to put it bluntly, killed people, yeah. took their life from them. Hmm. Okay, because that's how bad things were getting here. So the first thing you're saying then is that if somebody's reading this, they it's not directly at an individual first. It's corporately. Not first and foremost. First right. and foremost. It's not to an individual, but corporately. That's right. And so you evaluate the health of your church. I, I would imagine there are churches today that could be partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Yeah. Because many of these same things might be prevalent. Yeah. Just in a veneer. A different type of content. And, you know, um, there is... And has been for a number of decades now in the United States a diminished um, view of the significance and sacredness of corporate worship. Yeah. It has become fun and games. Yep. And I'll give you an example. This just happened to me, was it last night or this morning? Wyatt showed me a YouTube video. And uh, he just didn't, I, I'm like, why do you show this to me? It just disturbs <laughs> my spirit. But this is of a, of a church and uh, these two these two guys, they go around. Wyatt watches these sometimes. Sometimes he shows them to me. Sometimes there's some humor in them. But they go around and do, like, practical jokes. And then, um, you know, the person doesn't know they're in a practice. You know, one of those. Yeah. And and so they, they actually coordinated with the pastor of this church 
to, in the middle of the service, they were going to come in uh, with uh, selling hot dogs, like as vendors, like at a ballpark, like get your hot dogs here, get your hot dogs. Okay, we chuckle, and but it, it's but it's it, like a painful, it's tragic. Oh, it's because terrible. this pastor, like he just looks like a doofus before yeah. and after. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this or whatever. Yeah. He probably thinks this is gonna win right. souls for Jesus or whatever. And we're gonna Make have fun. Famous on YouTube. He's preaching now in the video, so it shows it now. So so in the vi- he's preaching on on the kingdom. And actually puts up a, a verse right before these bozos come barging in there. Puts up a verse like something to do with, you know, pursuing the kingdom or different stuff. Might have been out of the sermon. I'd have to look at it again. Something significant. And all of a sudden these bozos come in and they start doing that. And it, and the people's reaction, of course, yeah. or whatever. And, and a normal person might look at that and chuckle. And, oh, yeah. this is funny. And look at the surprise. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, something like this context. Yeah. Like, Man, it wouldn't surprise me if God strikes him dead. Yeah. Because you're responsible for these people. Mm. You get them for an hour or whatever on Sunday morning to sh- shepherd the flock of God, which Paul says in Ephesians 20 to the right. elders there to Ephesus, he purchased with his own blood. Right. And you're going to do, you're going to interrupt kingdom teaching. How does he know yeah. that somebody wasn't sitting there and the spirit's like teaching them right. about their life in the kingdom. Yep. And all of a sudden these guys come in doing that. Yep. You think that's funny. It's almost, it's almost like a, a, a Jesus in the temple moment, right? Where he's cleansing. Like we've made the, the house of God a mockery. Yep. By our uh, selling of our wares, by our, our trying to become YouTube yes. famous yep. for our three seconds of fame. But yep. in the end, what does it do? It destroys you. That's it, right. It destroys your reputation. It's terrible. Yeah, I think they should make no mistake. Like, And and I know well-meaning Christians that would say, you know, well, that's kind of the way they do it. And it's like, no, it's not okay. And I have no problem saying Jesus was righteously yeah. indignant and mm-hmm. angry in the moment that happened yep. because they're d- desecrating right. sacred worship of God's people, God's words being spoken. And there is so little reverence mm-hmm. for who God is, mm-hmm. man, is that pastor going to be surprised mm. to come to in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when he sits on his glorious throne mm-hmm. and he's going to say things like, didn't I, I did this in your name. I did this yep. in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. And these are, we're calling these places churches. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that yeah. that uh, uh, that the Lord is, with, with such a mockery of mm-hmm. what worship was, yes. what the body is supposed to be, uh, the sacredness of communion, that he's bringing discipline on the church. Yeah. But... Uh, Corporately speaking, our church isn't in danger of doing that, yeah. and I think that might be that might be why over time the church got rid of the agape feast mm. um, uh, connection, yeah. hmm. and just some maybe maybe yeah. I, I've you know read on that, and that's the speculation hmm. that maybe this was just creating too many problems. We're just going to set aside for this. So anyway, yeah. um, so that's a context. Now. Um, if, if if a person says to me, they say, how do I know I'm doing this in a worthy manner? And they, they have all sorts of questions like, if I've sinned that week, should I, should I partake? Or if my heart doesn't feel it, should I partake? All the different questions, because mm-hmm. conscientious Christians mm-hmm. don't want to violate this. Right. Um, 
to which I say a number of things. But first of all, if you're even asking those questions yep. and your heart is to not do it in an unworthy manner and to discern the body and to judge yourself, then already hmm. you're okay, I think, to walk forward and take the Lord's yeah. Supper. Because it's the people that weren't asking those questions and yeah. didn't care that weren't discerning the body. Yeah. You are discerning the body if you're asking the question. Right. Okay. Uh, the second thing I say to those people is to remember now, uh, he does say examine yourself, mm. but that is literally can be done in a split second mm. because you're asking, do I understand what this is? Do I believe in Jesus? And remember, he's proclaiming his death in this. Do you understand the death of Christ for you? Are you a disciple? These questions can be answered really in a millisecond. Yeah. Uh, if you are thinking about certain sins you're living in or uh, or sins that you've committed that week or sins that, you know, maybe the Spirit during the message mm-hmm. have revealed to you in a second, it only takes a second to say, thank you for forgiveness. Right. I confess it and walk forward yep. And boldly take it because the death of Christ covers those sins. Yeah. So we, we have to remember because, and that leads me to say this, we have to remember that for believers, the Lord's Supper is a command. He issues it. Jesus himself, Paul quotes Jesus, says, do this, verse 24. Do this, verse 25. Mm-hmm. That's a command. That's in the imperative. Uh, and it's like, Jesus isn't offering a suggestion for you and I to do if we feel like it. Mm. I want you doing this, remembering my death. And if I and if I'm in a cold state of heart, just tell that to Jesus. Right. God, I'm in such a cold state of heart right now. I'm coming forward. Thank you that Jesus never had the cold state of heart yeah. for me. Thank you for the forgiveness I have. So the Lord's Supper, the one of the reasons I like doing it every week and even at the end is like, this is the time to say those things to God, to, to feel the cleansing effect of uh, proclaiming the Lord's yeah. death and Lord's Supper and, and that. so Knowing you've been forgiven. Knowing you've been forgiven. Yeah. And so I, I tell people, like, I think it's good that you're conscientious. Mm-hmm. If you really, in your mind that day, were like, I'm in unrepentant sin, I'm not right with this yet, and you said, I don't want to partake, okay. Uh, I think that should be you know, I, I'm not going to say not to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to say that the Lord's Supper is designed for people like you yeah, in sinners. that place. Yes. It's, it's for sinners. Other, what, what was, what's it proclaiming his death? Why do you have to die for him? Right. No, for us. Yeah. It's for you. So as you're walking forward, mm-hmm. Be saying in your heart and mind, I I want to come to the cross once again. I want to come to the death of Christ for me, and thank you, Jesus. You know, there's this element where, like, when we when we proclaim the gospel, we we often will say, you know, you're not you don't have to clean your life up, you know, in order to come to the Lord, and that's absolutely true. But for some reason, we change that, like after we're saved as well, in a sense that, like, well, I can't do this because I don't feel well no the whole point is obey like that's right the Lord uses this to transform you yeah and uses our weekly gatherings like this to convict your heart of sin and show you areas that you're not aware of right sometimes. exactly yeah well, and uh, so so be obedient yeah you know and I I say I often use this illustration with any kind of worship but 
when you with corporate worship especially like there are times i don't feel and i'm the pastor mm-hmm. right so i don't feel like um preaching i don't feel like coming and mm-hmm. and fellowshipping i don't feel like it and it could be a number of factors um but what god has helped me with is that constraint that i have to mm-hmm. because i'm the pastor yeah. and i I come to the service and there's always, I mean, no matter what my position is outside of the week, I'm hearing the word, I'm being refreshed in the gospel, I'm singing, and oftentimes even in the singing the gospel, I'm thinking about how that applies to me and there's joy that is produced. I'm preaching and uh, looking at the text sometimes is just for me and I'm like preaching to myself. I'm, I take the Lord's Supper and all that. And in that making my, I have to do it regardless of how I feel. And I go and do this and then God uses it. So I apply that to people saying, you have to do this. So don't give yourself the option in any of the worship. Come do what God has commanded you to do. Confess your sins. Yes, we give that opportunity every time in the service. Mm -hmm. Confess your sins. Um, look to Christ, receive his forgiveness once again, rejoice in it, and let it have its work in you. You know, the Lord always meets us with His with the means of grace that he's given, and our first reaction is to always scorn those things and say, I don't need that, or like, you know, I'll, I'll get to that when I get my stuff figured up, and it's like, no, the Lord gives us those things to to figure ourselves out, to right. to fix our fix our stuff for That's right. better terms. So Yeah. Anything else on this? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, maybe somebody will listen and have questions and they can talk to us about it. That's right. Yeah, well, we appreciate people listening. If you do have questions or comments, we always love to hear from you. You can email us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, you have our phone numbers, so you have a direct line. You can call us or text us or talk to us in person, and uh, we would love to, to interact with you on these things. Uh, at Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.